0: Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Michaela Renee Johnson, author of Growth Mindset Workbook for Adults, Build Confidence, Overcome Challenges, and Achieve Your Goals. Uh, For those feeling grounded by fear, a lack of communication skills, negative self-talk, core boundaries, and other emotional obstacles can send their problems packing with soaring sessions, an innovative new approach to experiential coaching from psychotherapist and licensed aviator, Michaela Renee Johnson. As she says, to be clear, this is not therapy or flight instruction. It's experiential coaching. We take the issues identified on the ground and we work through them in the air. One of the best ways to move through fears and challenges is by facing them head-on, in the air, with the cockpit and the horizon in front of you. These things present themselves quickly. Okay, welcome to the show, Michaela. Thanks to ha- nice having Good. you on today. <laughs> uh, Good morning, this-
1: Catherine.
0: Good morning. This is like really, uh, I would say, I have never heard of anything like this before. Really innovative. So... Okay, I, I sort of gave an intro, but now explain how does this all work? I mean, you're a therapist, you're a pilot, you put this all together, and I guess created this program, right, for people to overcome their negative, uh, as I said in the beginning, negative communications skills, emotional problems, etc.
1: Yeah, well, it's one of those things where I spent a lifetime in small airplanes, and it wasn't until I was kind of alone in the cockpit to uh, working on my pilot's license that I realized how much of my stuff that I spent an entire lifetime, you know, in the therapy world and and got all the degrees and I I coach people and I therapy people and and on things like anxiety and depression and all these things. It wasn't until I was getting my pilot's license, even though I'd been a co-pilot for many years, that I had to really start facing some of my stuff. And by some of my stuff, I mean self-worth and confidence and all of the negative self-talk that comes up, like I'm not good enough and I'm not smart enough. And, you know, i had done so many experiential therapy things with horses and animals and art over the years. And I was like, there has been no more profound therapeutic challenge in my life than becoming a pilot. And really moving through all of these deep things and stories that we tell ourselves. And so I said, you know, it would be silly for me not to blend my two passions, aviation and self-growth. And so that's when I started to develop soaring sessions. And, um, you know, aviation is so synonymous for life. Uh, we think about airspace and boundaries in terms of where we can fly in the air, and that is a direct correlation to the boundaries and the airspace that you have on the ground in your life with the people in your life. And so I started to develop this comprehensive package that takes these aviation concepts and applies them to everyday life. And with that, um, we started kind of trial running the program about a year ago, and it was incredible to see the amount of growth that people were going through in a very short amount of time. I do have a 30,000 hour Alaskan bush pilot who um, is the actual instructor in the air so that I do the part on the ground in terms of the coaching and working through attachment issues and the negative self-talk and communication and boundaries. And then they go up with the highly, highly experienced um, instructor who takes my information that I've kind of identified and then lets it play out in the cockpit. And the airplane that is used for these soaring sessions um, is what's called tandem. And so you're in the front seat by yourself. The instructor is behind you, and while he is there to catch the controls, you don't really know that you can't see him. And so you are feeling like you are alone in this. And it is incredible what comes up for people.
0: Well, it seemed to me, it would be terrifying. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm picturing it as you're describing it. Yes. Okay. You have the, the pilot is behind you. All right, give me an example. I mean, this is okay. So this is a simulation. Uh, you You feel like you're F- responsible for flying the plane, take us through exactly what happens and and maybe do it with some kind of a diagnosis what the uh, you know whatever the person is up there for what what the problem is, what the issue is
1: so one of the really common primal wounds that we see a lot is i'm not good enough. that is a really common primal wound. Um, another one is I'm not in control of anything and so with with this, right, so the attachment work that I do, I identify what the primal wound is. We talk about the primal wound and the ways that it's come up in their life. Um, you know, the not good enough. I didn't take that job because I didn't think I was good enough. I thought I was faking it. Um, you know, I didn't, that relationship didn't work out because even though I loved him or I loved her, I just never thought I was good enough. I always thought they were better than me. I thought they were going to cheat on me. So, so this is an example of the primal wound and how it comes up in all sorts of ways in our life when we identify that and then we stick you in the cockpit. Of an airplane, it doesn't even matter if the airplane leaves the ground. The minute you're in the cockpit, that not good enough narrative is present. It is lit. It is activated, and and we are working through how you can overcome that particular narrative, that primal wound. And um, and so you know sometimes they're just taxiing the airplane on the ground. That's all they're doing. They're just getting in there and going. No, I am good enough. I have the capacity. I can taxi this airplane without running into anything. And mind you, the instructor is there if if they break down or if they uh, you know start to freeze because any time we have a primal wound activation, there is a likeliness that we'll go into what's called fight, flight, freeze or fawn, the human survival mechanism. And so, if you freeze, the instructor is there to help you navigate that. And what's nice about having a 30,000 hour push pilot is there's not much he's afraid of. So he's going to let you take it to the level that you're able to overcome it. And it's really amazing to watch.
0: Tell us about some of the success stories. I mean, um, like, you know, some specific ones, some individuals in terms of like, how they are, are they able to overcome it like in one session or how does that work?
1: I think we have a lifetime of overcoming the primal wound, and I don't think we ever overcome the primal wound. I think it's there for our survival. I think what the goal is is to be able to recognize when it comes up and to have better skills to navigate it. And I see this a lot in the couple's works that I do where that primal wound can get activated so quickly and they then it gets defensive. People fight, they, they stonewall, they disengage, they criticize, they then the, the relationship starts to devolve. And so if we know our primal wound in our relationships, we can say, hey, this is one of those times where I'm not feeling very chosen. And I know that you have to go pick up the kids after school today, but I'm also not feeling chosen. We had we had a date night planned, and now I'm not able to do that. And then you can look at your own repairs that you can do to help yourself move through that not feeling chosen, and you can include your partner or your friend or whoever it is in the relationship that you're in in the process of healing. And so I don't say that we overcome it. But what I say is we identify it and we learn how to work through it. And so one of the most profound soaring sessions I had was a gal whose narrative was, I don't belong. And her her narrative was so strong that she was really not leaving her house. She was not engaging in friendships. And then when she would... Um, she would quickly, uh, you know, feel anxious and have social anxiety. And to the point where she really couldn't go to things anymore, she couldn't even attend birthday parties and, and the like because she just didn't feel like she belonged. And so we identified that primal wound and we got her in the cockpit. And before when when she was walking out to the airplane to get in, she goes, I don't belong here. I can't do this. And it's like, how profound to see how quickly it comes up when it's presented like that. And so just to get in the airplane and say, you very much belong here was just completely life transitioning for her. And um, we worked through that. We worked through what came up. We worked through skills and we realized some really incredible repairs because a lot of what we do with the primal wounding is also identifying the repairs that you need to use for yourself when you have that narrative come up. And one of her repairs was actually to to snuggle with her cat. That was one of her repairs. Um, And another one was to call a friend that she has and actually get out of the house and go for a walk. And so, you know, in following up with her on that, she said, I can't tell you how many times the I don't belong narrative has come up. And I've called my friend and gone for a walk and I've been able to move through that and we've been able to talk about it. And so it's not just identifying the primal wound and putting you in the situation. It's also identifying what repairs are specific to you to help you move through it when that primal wound comes up. And as this pertains to piloting and as it pertains to me, um, you know, I ended up competing in an air race, um, and my primal wound I can share with the audience is, I don't trust my judgment. And it's it's a wound that I learned as a child. I don't trust my judgment. As a teen, we turn it into a never, ever statement. So it becomes, I'm never going to be able to trust my judgment. And then as an adult, we set out to prove whatever that primal wound is. So we do things, we create situations where we can say, see, you couldn't trust your judgment. You should have You should have known better. And so for me, I signed up for this air race and, uh, you know, I was, I was getting ready to leave. And I was like, this is one of those times where I need to know that I can trust my judgment. I need to know that if I encounter bad weather, if I encounter something wrong with my airplane, that I can trust my judgment. And I pushed myself to the utter limits of that self-talk and that narrative by putting myself in a situation that maxed it out. Right. Like how many times during a three day air race was I going to have to trust my judgment, Um, including taking off, taking off and doing the air race. (laughs) So it's really fascinating how it all comes out. And um, for me, it was one of those things where it's like watching myself go through the process and seeing how challenging it was. There was no way that I couldn't take the two, the two and, and blend them together.
0: Well, when you say, you know your issue, obviously,, as you're saying is I don't trust my judgment, but you're putting yourself or you have or you did, you put yourself in a life and death situation when you're flying an airplane, right? I mean, that is really, as you say, that's taking it to the limit um or on the edge or the border or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that, that that's uh that, that that's incredible. Um, now, I know that is I'm sort of uh, changing topics a little bit, but you are, a nationally acclaimed happiness expert. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't even know how I got that title. <laughs> it was, it was one of those things where it's
1: like, I started this podcast called Be You, Find Happy, and then I wrote a book called Empowered, a Motivational Journal for Women. It became a bestseller. I wrote the book, Gross Mindset, and that became a bestseller, and then pretty soon I've got people inviting me on their shows, and they're like, she's a happiness expert. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm a happiness expert, but um, you know, it's it's funny because what I tell people is happiness is one of those things that it's fleeting. It's not something that we get and put in our purse and go, cool, I got the happiness happiness and then that's it right there's always something that's threatening your happiness it's always something that's trying to steal your happy factor it could simply be the person that cuts you off when you're trying to get to work and now you're behind a slow truck and you know suddenly (laughs) my happiness is not prevalent it's not in front of me it's not something I'm experiencing as a matter of fact I'm I'm experiencing quite the contrary I'm angry um, I'm frustrated and so Happiness is one of those things. that's a constant reset. We have to figure out how do we tap into um, a space of gratitude in the moment. Maybe it's like, okay, yeah, this guy cut me off, and now I'm driving half the speed limit, and I'm going to be late for work, but you know what? This is a beautiful back road that I'm on, and I can really start to enjoy and look around and just kind of take the slowdown. I'm going to be late anyway, so I might as well just enjoy being here now, and um, and that's how we start to tap into happiness, especially when it's been kind of stolen from us. And a lot of the people that I work with, you know, in the past three years especially, have struggled to find happiness. They'll say every time I try to find something that is joyful or I try to bring something into my life, it feels like. I, you know, the groceries are too expensive or, you know, I'm worried about being ill or, you know, I used to go to my job and now I have to stay home with my spouse all day. And so working, working on how to tap into happiness has been a big part of the work that I've been doing for the past couple of years.
0: Michaela, is it okay to sometimes not be happy that that tension or discomfort can also motivate you to move ahead? uh, to, if, if you look, maybe if you look at it as a challenge, um, that's one way of doing it, but it, you don't have to be happy or do you, do you have to be happy all the time? Or do you have to try to be happy all the time? I think
1: the only way we experience true happiness is knowing true sadness. So I think that without the polarity, the we wouldn't be able to know, Oh, this is happiness without having that sadness or that frustration or that anger. We wouldn't know like Oh, this is one of the times that things feel really good. And what I see time and time again is the biggest growth comes from the greatest discomfort. And when you're in a space where I'm not liking it, humans are biologically programmed to fix things. That is how we have developed all the things in the world that we've developed, starting with the very basic concept of a bridge over over water, right? Like, I want to get over there, and I don't have a boat. And I'm tired of having to have a boat and row across every day. So I'm going to build a bridge. And, and this is how human, the human mind is, is programmed. And so the, the discomfort and the frustration and the anger for our situation or circumstance is when we really take a zoom out and a step back and we go, you know, I think I'm going to fix it. I think I'm going to do something different. And that is when we have the potential to experience the greatest growth, the greatest happiness, and the greatest joy from our life experience and from our effort.
0: Well, now I do understand why you are the nationally acclaimed happiness expert Um, and your podcast. So, I have to listen to your podcast, but uh, B, you find happy. Uh, who do you talk to? What do you do on the podcast?
1: Oh, my gosh. I have had the joy of six seasons. And actually, the podcast has slowed down a bit with all of these other irons I've got in the fire. And that's something I've talked with my listeners about. It's like, hey, we have an emotional budget, right? Just like we have a financial budget and we can put a dollar value, like a tangible number to that emotional budget and things that are taking our time and our space. And if it's if it's not repeatedly delivering on the draw that we're taking, then it's probably something that we can't continue to budget like we have. We can't continue to spend like we have. So um, in looking at kind of the emotional budget, the podcast has slowed down a bit, but in the past and in six seasons and almost 200 episodes now, I've had Olympians. I've had Ed Lattimore, uh, an incredible boxer. I have had Sonny McClanless, who's the um, spouse to Alex Connell, the guy that hiked El Cap with nothing but his bare hands. I have had some incredible people that have overcome amazing things in their life and have such fantastic things to share. And uh, it's really been one of those things where I've learned more from the guests that I've interviewed than I think I've given. um, And I hope that the listeners have had that same experience. I've had a lot of fun people with a lot of fun life stories on there.
0: Yeah. So it's transformative for both of you, right? The one who's doing the interview and the interviewee and the interviewer, right? Um, I, I think that's well said. Uh, but emotional budget, why do you think we have such difficulty with that? We, we think we have to do everything. We have to be invested in everything we do. And it's really hard to just set boundaries and, and just stop. Uh, where does that come from?
1: So and this is something that I tie into aviation as well, right? So, so we have in aviation, we have what we do, a, a go, no go checklist and it's it's really something where we tap into ourselves and this is something that we teach in soaring sessions where we tap into our own limitations like okay hey if the weather looks like this if i didn't sleep last night if I, it's an unfamiliar airport these are all check marks against my go factor right like they're starting to kind of stack up on the no go decision making process because i know that if i put myself in this situation I'm already behind the airplane. I'm already behind the eight ball. And so when we're looking at our emotional budget, it's the same kind of thing. We have a go, no-go checklist. Like, is this going to this? Is it going to that? What's it going to drain? What are you going to take from to be able to deliver? And when you start to look at it, and how many times people have made a go decision on something and then they come to me and they say, I'm so resentful. I don't know why I signed up for this. I don't know why I agreed to do this. Like, because you weren't looking at your emotional budget objectively, you weren't able to make a go-no-go decision using some actual tangible skills to have a checklist. And so when I work with people on their emotional budget, we develop a go-no-go checklist. And if you've got too many no goes on there, then it sounds something like this, hey, I'd really love to help you out and pick up your kids this week, but it's not going to work out. No apology, no nothing. It's just, it's not going to work out for me this week. And now we can put that emotional budget that we would have spent driving here to pick up someone else's kids, to take care of them for the afternoon on doing something that needs our emotional budget. And maybe it's something simple like vacuuming our floor because we're tired of tripping over the dog hair.
0: I, I, I think that is so key. I mean, I, it just happened to me. I had a, a, an experience over committing to, I'm using the word over committing something I almost over committed to. And I called up and said, no this is even before I had this conversation with you, I can't do it. And uh, I guess that's taking a look at my emotional budget, but very hard to do because I have that sort it's, of like, oh, you know, I, I should do it. I can do it. I can accomplish, but no, it doesn't fit. Doesn't fit the emotional budget. That's key. Oh,
1: and Catherine, you bring up something so critical. which is so important. And that is, you know, to say I can do it. Yeah, you can. But now you're behind the eight ball, right? Now you're behind yeah. the airplane. And that's the thing is, Can I go up in that weather? Can I land at that airport I've never been at before? Sure, probably. Yeah, I probably can. But is that the best choice for me? probably not. And and that's, and that's really hard because we do have so many people demanding things from us, and we have been told that we need to be a yes society. And a lot of times I see people get into trouble with, they try to set a boundary like that, and they end up feeling bad about it, and they'll go back on it, or they'll apologize for setting the boundary. So they'll say, I'm so sorry, I can't pick up your kids on Thursday. Well, you just negated the value of your worth and of your boundary by apologizing for it. So I also teach people how not to apologize. And this ties into aviation too. I recently had an emergency landing where my airframe ripped apart while I was flying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I get on ATC and I say to the air traffic controller, I say, "Um, you know, uh, my airplane is making some really bad noises and I'm going to start looking for a spot to land. I don't come on to air traffic control and say, excuse me, I'm so sorry, but No. Mm -mm. I'm not doing that. I am, I'm clearly stating what my boundaries and my needs are right now. And I think people get into a lot of trouble when they start to apologize for having those boundaries. Also,
0: we only have a few, well, we have a few, I guess we have a, we have about a couple minutes left. So give us some information, websites we can go to so we can learn more about what you're doing, growth mindset. um, And uh, we can follow you.
1: Absolutely. So the best way is to go to bufindhappy.com. That's B-E-Y-O-U findhappy.com. And all the information is there about how to to find my books, Growth Mindset, a workbook for adults empowered, a motivational journal for women, as well as uh, soaring sessions and how you can sign up for those if that's something that interests you.
0: Great. What a pleasure talking to you today. And I've been talking to the author, Michaela Renee Johnson, and the title of the book again is Growth Mindset Workbook for Adults, Build Confidence, Overcome Challenges, and Achieve Your Goals. Um, Really appreciate you being on the show.
1: Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.